It's time for this week's edition of the Virtual Bible Study. The Virtual Bible Study is a live, internet-only, call-in program dedicated to the honest study and discussion of God's Word. Do you have a question about something in the Bible? Or are you simply interested in learning more about the Scriptures? If so, we hope you'll stay tuned tonight as we look into the pages of God's Word. The Virtual Bible Study is brought to you this time each week by the College View Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. You can participate in the discussion tonight by calling 931 one three eight one four five six seven or by emailing your questions or comments from collegeview.com we hope you'll take out your bibles and study along with us as we begin an exciting study of god's word on this edition of the virtual bible study and welcome to the virtual bible study the lights are flashing the meters are going up and down that means we must be on your computer tonight we're glad that we are we appreciate you being a part of the program tonight it is the virtual bible study for thursday october 22nd 2009 and we welcome you to the program. My father, Greg Gwynn, is here. Hello, Dad. Welcome to the program. Jacob, great to be with you. We're looking forward to our discussion tonight. We always have uh, uh, a good discussion on Thursday nights for our Internet Bible study group, and we're looking forward to one tonight. We have an important uh, topic tonight, an interesting topic. I was uh, I was excited when you brought this uh, topic up tonight. I thought we might try to develop a top ten list. Everybody wants to put top ten lists of this or that. So I thought let's try to develop a top ten list. Of the most unpopular sayings of Jesus, you know we we could talk about the popular sayings of Jesus, and there there are a few that are very popular. For instance, John three sixteen, for God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. Jesus said, "I'm come to give life and give it more abundantly." And so all of the kind of statements that Jesus made concerning benefits or promises i'll do this that i'll do this for you all those kind of statements of jesus would be popular statements of jesus but i think and we're getting some feedback on our email already i think we're going to find out that there are a lot of things that jesus said that most people in the world today don't like to hear they would be unpopular if stressed in the world today what i think is sad jacob is that a lot of religious people are absolutely downplaying all of the all of the unpopular things that jesus said. they just want to emphasize the positive he loves us, you know, he wants to to do for us and provide for us, which are all wonderful things, absolutely. But there are far too many people who are trying to downplay or ignore the, the things that Jesus said that put demands on us. Not and, only are they ignoring them, they're going exactly the opposite of them. They're, they're preaching the gospel that's 180 degrees uh, from what Jesus said on these uh, things we want to talk about tonight that are unpopular. Not only are they just ignoring them, they're teaching the exact opposite. So we can talk about that tonight. Um Remember that we send out an update on Thursdays about our topic, and today we simply sent out the, the topic that we we're going to talk about, the un, most unpopular sayings of Jesus, and we ask you to send in your suggestions. What do you think are some of the, the very unpopular things or the things that may even be considered politically incorrect in our day and time? What are some of those things that Jesus said that we, that we have to accept if we're going to uh, – uh, I want to stress, Jacob, that if we're going to accept Jesus, we have to accept both the easy things that he said and the difficult ones. And so what are some of the things that people don't want to hear that they're not willing to accept from the teachings of Jesus? Uh, If you haven't sent in an email yet, send us in one so that we can get you uh, uh, in the mix as as compiling this list of unpopular sayings of Jesus. Uh, Our email is questions at collegeview.com. And uh, you can send an email at any time. We're fielding our emails all through the program. Give us a call 
877-381-4567. That's toll free. We'll be glad to hear from you. Or join in on the chat room tonight and with other listeners, follow the instructions that are on your screen. If you're watching us from Ustream.tv, we will remind you, you can uh, follow the virtual Bible study at Twitter. Uh, if you have a Twitter account, uh, you're still updating the Twitter, I assume. Yes. Yeah? Yeah. And you can also, if you're on Facebook, join in the Facebook group uh, of listeners to the virtual Bible study. So ways you can keep up with the program there. We look forward to uh, you joining in with other listeners via those uh, mediums uh, tonight and throughout uh, the upcoming weeks. We want to hear from you, 877-381-4567, questions at collegeview.com. What are some unpopular things that Jesus said? Before we get into that discussion, Jacob, someone asked me just recently if we had had any feedback at all uh, from the Baptist preacher in Bartlett, Tennessee. Uh, you know, he had posed uh, those, David Martin had posed those 13 questions that no Church of Christ preacher can answer. We answered them. We sent him our answer, and we sent him some questions for him to answer. We haven't heard a word back. Okay, so I guess the answers stand if he if he's not willing to uh, to refute those answers. If you've not listened to that program, you can find that in our archives from our website, thevirtualbiblestudy.com or collegeview.com, or you can catch it in our podcast. There's information about how to sign up for our podcast on our website as well, thevirtualbiblestudy.com. We're looking forward to you joining in the program tonight. Jesus said in Luke chapter 6, verse 46, And why call you me Lord, Lord, and do not the things that I say... He didn't qualify those sayings as the ones that are easy, the ones that we like. He said the things that he said we need to be doing. That includes the ones that are unpopular, so we'll talk about those in the program tonight. We've got to be doing all of Jesus' instructions. Let me start out with one just as an illustration of something I think would be unpopular to many people in the world today. From Luke chapter 14, verse 7, beginning, Jesus put forth a parable to those that were bidden when he marked how they chose out the chief rooms saying to them, When thou art bidden of any man to a wedding, sit not down in the highest room, lest a more honorable man than thou be bidden of him. And he that bade thee and him come and say to thee, Give this man place, and thou begin with shame to take the lowest room. But when thou art bidden, go and sit down in the lowest room, that when he he that bade thee cometh, he may say to thee, Friend, go up higher. For whosoever exalteth himself shall be abased, and he that humbleth himself shall be exalted." This idea of sitting in the lowest room, don't exalt yourself, don't don't be proud or boastful. I think that really goes against what is the sort of the popular trend in our world today. And this is just an illustration. A lot of what Jesus said is not popularly believed or practiced by many people. The sort of the byword in our day and time is if you've got it, if you've got it, flaunt it. In other words, be proud, be out there, you know, really show off. And that is contrary to the statement of Jesus that we ought to be humble and really. I believe all through the scripture we have admonitions toward humility. You know, there's a problem in our society today. We've talked about it recently with uh, social media. Uh, self-promotion is uh, has a new outlet now on the Internet, and you can promote yourself all over your blogs and uh, talk about how wonderful you are, how wonderful and talented your children are, and really, uh, really... Put bumper stickers yourself. on your car to tell how smart your kids are and all that sort of yeah, thing. Yeah, so it's something we need to be careful of. Proverbs chapter 25, verses 6 and 7. Put not forth thyself in the presence of the king, and stand not in the place of great men. For better it is that it shall be said unto thee, come up hither, then thou shouldest be put lower in the presence of the prince. And so, again. That, that, that statement of the Proverbs is very similar to what Jesus sure. taught in that parable. But Jesus uh, this is a hard thing for people, to be humble and to accept a lower position. 
But in the kingdom of God, that's what constitutes greatness is that ability to humble and be, be humble and be submissive. In Luke 22, beginning verse 24, there was strife among them, which of them should be counted greatest. And he said to them, the kings of the Gentiles exercise lordship over them, and they that exercise authority upon them are called benefactors. But be ye not so called, but he that is greatest among you, let him be as the younger, and he that is chief as he that doth serve. So, again, this is just an illustration. I want to start out with an illustration of what I think would be an unpopular statement of Jesus. In other words, be a servant. Don't be proud. Don't be boastful. Don't exalt yourself. Uh, be submissive to others. Those kind of statements of Jesus would not be well accepted in the world. And I think people generally ignore in those admonitions. And as it is with every one of Jesus' instructions that are unpopular, he followed those instructions in his life. And he did that as well in the idea of not uh, promoting himself. In Philippians chapter 2, beginning verse uh, verse 3, Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind let each esteem other better than themselves. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. And it goes on and talks about the way that he served us and uh, that he humbled himself. And so certainly it is an unpopular saying, but not a saying that Jesus didn't live in his own life and we need to be living in ours. Okay, so you get the idea of what we want to do here. Talk about some things that Jesus taught, attitudes at, uh, and uh, characteristics that we need to possess that are not common in the world and not easy to attain. We've got to, we've got to develop these things. Um, let's go to one that... I think almost everybody who's commented, uh, I got an email from Jonathan in Cookville. I uh, got an email from uh, uh, Randy in Jackson, Missouri. And we're getting in the chat room, uh, one named Brother Rick in the chat room. All of them are mentioning Jesus' teachings on marriage and divorce and remarriage. Brother Rick cites Mark 10, beginning verse 9. What therefore God hath joined together, let not man put asunder. And in the house, his disciples asked him again of the same matter. And he said to them, Whosoever shall put away his wife and marry another committeth adultery against her. And if a woman shall put away her husband and be married to um, another, she commits adultery. And he, he adds, This is very unpopular both among many in the churches and among many pastors or preachers. I think he's probably right about that. I think it is. Uh, Jonathan says mentions Matthew 19.9. I say to you, whosoever divorces his wife except for sexual immorality and marries another commits adultery, and whosoever marries her who is divorced commits adultery. And Jonathan adds, if you are in an adulterous relationship prior to becoming a Christian, people don't want to accept the fact that the sin still exists if the relationship still exists. Uh, this is this someone t- somewhat ties back to Matthew ten thirty seven, another verse that he mentioned. Uh, Randy mentions Matthew 5:32 and Matthew 19:9. So uh, a lot of people are seeing Jacob that what Jesus taught on marriage, the permanency of marriage, and the very limited authority for divorce and remarriage is really unpopular in the world today. It's very counter to our culture and counter to what people want to believe. And you know, it, it is illustrated the fact that it is so unpopular because we hear even preachers say things about these simple verses that you've cited that they're just too complicated to understand, that uh, we, re- we really just don't understand what Jesus was saying there. It's not hard to understand. It's hard to apply. It's unpopular, and that's one way that people weasel out of listening yeah, to what Jesus said. I'm like you. I've heard preachers say, we're just going to have to tolerate a divergence of opinion about this divorce and remarriage question because the teaching of the, of, of the scriptures and, and the statements of Jesus are just 
too unclear, too difficult to decipher, too difficult to apply. And I just, I'm like you, I just absolutely disagree. The, the statements are very plain. I think, I think in this teaching we see the wisdom of God because the way that's worded, the way Matthew 5:32, Matthew 19:9, for instance, the way those are worded, they are applicable to every conceivable scenario that you could imagine. If it had been stated differently, even just a few words changed or, or expressed in a different mode, it, you, you could have maybe dreamed up scenarios it wouldn't cover. But the way in God's wisdom that he revealed his truth on that subject is such that it's absolutely understandable and we can apply it to any any situation if we will. The, the teaching of the scriptures is very plain. Marriage is between one man and one woman. It is a lifetime covenant or commitment. If you if you break that covenant, if you divorce your wife, if you divorce your husband and marry another, you commit adultery. The only exception to that, Matthew nineteen nine states, Matthew five thirty two, if your marriage partner is sexually unfaithful to you, you can and it must be for that reason you can put that mate away and you would have liberty to remarry. The guilty party, for that matter, any put away party is not at liberty to remarry. And, man, that's just real unpopular today. Uh, to show how simple it is, I, I was studying one time with a, a gentleman who was not a Bible scholar. He had very little religious background. In fact, he had uh, spent time in prison. And uh, we, he had uh, a girlfriend that he was interested in marrying, and he wanted to know if he could marry this this woman. And I said, well, let's just look at what the Scriptures teach. I, said, I added no commentary whatsoever. I simply read the Scriptures, and after the reading of the Scriptures, he said, you're telling me that I can't get married. And I hadn't said anything at all. I've had the same experience. I was once studying with a young man. He had married when he was 17. He divorced when he was 18. And and I don't mean any disrespect, but I, I would uh, this fellow just simply wasn't the brightest person in the world, wasn't the most in, in, in intelligent or intellectually advanced person in the world. I, I think probably he would have been rated as having some learning disabilities and so forth. And that we did the same thing. We read that verse, Matthew 19, 9, and without me commenting or offering any explanation, that fellow says, that verse says I can't ever get married again. I mean, he could see it. It's not difficult. And to he, he probably was in the same scenario that educated preachers would say, well, we just can't understand. What the scriptures teach about that scenario. Yeah. 877-381-4567. Questions at collegeu.com. As we'll see as we go throughout the, the program tonight out on these unpopular sayings, it's too difficult to understand as a favorite mantra of those who don't want to understand what Jesus said. Right. It's an easy excuse. So what do you think? What are some unpopular sayings of Jesus? Uh, some difficult sayings, and we don't want to just point the finger at other people. What are some difficult sayings for you to apply in your life? Let us know your thoughts. We'll take a short break and continue the discussion right after these messages. You won't want to miss what we talk about next. The discussion continues right after these important messages. Tonight on Channel 8 WSIN, it's TV like you've never seen it before. Starting at 8, it's TV's funniest new comedy, Fornication in the City, and Marie has been misbehaving again. Guess what? I just cheated on my husband. He doesn't even know about it. (laughs) And then at 8.30, it's the show that's setting the standard. You won't want to miss this week's I Love This World, where Bob makes a great announcement. Well, I think it's time you knew the truth. I'm gay. (laughs) 
And at 9 o'clock, it's the show that Television Magazine has called the number one drama for murder and violence. You won't want to miss this week's In Cold Blood to see who will be the next to be gunned down. It all starts tonight at 8 o'clock on Channel 8 WSIN. I'm Greg Gwynn reminding you that sin is a terrible thing and that those who are entertained by watching others sin fall under the condemnation of God that is mentioned in Romans 128. Be careful what you watch on television because in spite of what the devil wants you to think, sin is always sin and it's never funny. This is Stephen Nicholson, a member of the College View Church of Christ, and I want to invite you to be a regular participant on the virtual Bible study. Your input by way of emails and phone calls are always welcome during the live program. We're also open to your suggestions about possible topics for discussion on upcoming editions of the program. We'd love to hear from you anytime. We're waiting to hear from you. Call in right now and join in on the virtual Bible study. Now, back to the program. Welcome back into the virtual Bible study as we talk about unpopular sayings of Jesus here. Just joining us on the program tonight, we're asking for your input. What are some sayings of Jesus that you know are unpopular in the world today, difficult to apply? Maybe sayings that are easy to understand but difficult to apply. We want to hear from you on the program as we try to compile a list of Jesus' unpopular sayings. Uh, I got an email from Jack and Zach, Jack, father and son, Jack and Zach in Hampshire, Tennessee. And Jack mentions uh, Matthew 5, 28 and 29, uh, sort of along the lines. We we're just talking about divorce and marriage, but this makes it even Jesus law, moral conduct is even stricter. Matthew 7, 28 and 29. You have heard that it said you shall not commit adultery. But I say to you that everyone that looks on a woman to lust for her has already committed adultery with her in his heart. So. He he says that an unpopular statement of Jesus would be you can't look at members of the opposite sex and have lustful thoughts in your heart because that's sinful. Well, that's got to be real unpopular considering the modern media, Jacob, that's almost entirely based upon that sort of thing. Absolutely. Uh, I believe you misquoted that. That's Matthew 5, 27 oh, and 28. What did I say? What'd I say? Uh, Matthew uh, 7, but Matthew oh, 5. It's, it is uh, five. Matthew 5. And, uh, but it is unpopular, and it is the... Uh, the corollary uh, along with that uh, is that uh, that we need to be careful about how we present ourselves, and that is even perhaps more unpopular today, even among uh, those who profess to be Christians. So that, you're talking uh, about the subject of modesty. Yeah, certainly. So there's two sides of that coin. It's, yeah. it's wrong to look. The other side of the coin is it's wrong to, to, to present yourself in such a fashion that you would cause people to look at certainly. you. Certainly. Uh, a good passage on modest apparel is in First Timothy chapter two, and I agree with you. This would be an unpopular one. So we're putting two things together here: to cause to look or to look is wrong. Paul said in First Timothy two nine, in like manner also that women adorn themselves in modest apparel with shamefacedness and sobriety, not with braided hair or gold or pearls or costly array, but which becometh women professing godliness with good works. Uh, both of those things, I, I, I guess I think there's just multiple applications of both those principles. It's wrong to look and lust in your heart. That doesn't have to be in person to look at a woman and lust ever. You could do it by looking at pornography. You could do it by looking at dirty movies and TV programs, uh, looking at filthy content on the Internet. And almost everybody is. Uh, we we have we've studied before on the virtual Bible study about the the increasing problem of pornography addiction. We're told that it's the fastest growing addiction in America, and the internet's got to be the cause of it because there's so much of it. A, a, a big percentage of the content on the internet is pornography, 
and people are looking at it, and Christians are looking at it. And it's very disturbing to me when I hear Christians justifying to go and look at an R-rated movie. You know, they don't see anything wrong with that. Uh, if Christians don't see anything wrong with that, there's just something badly wrong. But that shows how unpopular what Jesus said is. And uh, Christians are becoming desensitized to the evil that is in the media. Uh, Master of None is in the chat room tonight, uh, and uh, that's the name he's going by tonight. He says the majority of media depends on sex to sell. How sad. And certainly it is. And uh, the more that we're exposed to that media, the less evil we think it is, and the more tolerant we become of of the evil that uh, Jesus spoke against in his unpopular statement uh, that uh, we have to be careful about who we look at. So that, that's one side of it. It's wrong to look and lust in our hearts. It's a sin. Most people would not want to hear that and don't want to live by that rule. The other part of that, as you mentioned, Jacob, is I can't present myself, we as Christians can't present ourselves in, in such a fashion that we would cause other people to look at us. And all the rules about modesty, we have learned through the years that teaching about modesty is very unpopular even among Christians because Christians have been so strongly influenced by societal trends and they want to wear the immodest clothes that the people of the world wear uh, and and they're, they're, they're allowing themselves to be drugged down in, in the... In the realm of modesty, and to the point they get angry if someone tries to point it out. So along, really- uh, continuing along those lines, Master of None continues in the chat room. He says it's so difficult to watch television when commercials are filled with women and men who dress immodestly. Certainly, exactly uh, right. It certainly is, and so uh, we have to be on guard, as uh, Jesus told us. I'm gonna, I've, I should have been keeping track. Today. We're trying to build a list, and I haven't been keeping track of the ones we've talked. We've talked so far about humility, and we talked about. Divorce and remarriage, and now we've talked about uh, lusting, uh, and we've talked about modesty. I, I think those have got to be four strong candidates for our top ten list, for sure. If you have not touched on yours yet, join in on the discussion at 877-381-4567, questions at collegeview.com. Appreciate the comments we've gotten out of the chat room tonight as well from our listeners there. Um, I'll tell you another one that we've got to add to the list. And when the bullet point comes up in a minute, Jacob, we're going to, uh, the bullet point is about forgiveness. And what Jesus taught about forgiveness has got to be really hard as well. Remember, Jesus said in um, Matthew 18, verses 21 and 22, Peter came to him and said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him till seven times? Jesus said to him, I say not unto thee until seven times, but until 70 times seven. Usually when we talk about that verse, we talk about the fact that Peter probably thought he was being pretty magnanimous. You know, wow, I'll forgive a guy up to seven times. And Jesus said, that's not nearly enough. He said 70 times seven, obviously meaning unlimited number of times uh, if our brother comes to us and repents. Um, Luke 17 and verse 3, Jesus said, get to that real quick luke 17 3 take heed to yourselves if your brother trespass against thee rebuke him and if he repents forgive him and if he trespass against thee seven times in a day and seven times in a day turn again to thee saying i repent thou shalt forgive him and it's interesting the very next verse the, the apostle said to him lord increase our faith because they realized that would be a very hard thing to do that's not an easy command that's that would be difficult uh jack in his email mentions uh mark eleven twenty three along this line whenever you stand praying forgive if you have anything against anyone so that your father who is in heaven will also forgive you your trespasses 
and so Jack agrees that that would be uh, a difficult, hard-to-hear saying of Jesus and wouldn't be particularly popular because most of the time what we want to do today is get even, take revenge. And harbor those grudges and be bitter certainly uh, is the popular thing. And uh, we cannot, if we expect to be forgiven, as Jesus taught us, uh, we must be forgiving our fellow man. And because, uh, as Jesus taught us, we have been uh, we are, have been forgiven such a debt that we owe the Father that uh, we have no uh, grounds to uh, harbor any ill feelings towards those who have asked our forgiveness. And we uh, must be forgiving them if we expect to be forgiven ourselves. 877-381-4567, questions at collegeu.com. The phone line is open now. We'd love to have you uh, join in on the discussion via the phone tonight. If you would, give us a call. The number is toll-free. We'll pay the bill tonight. Uh, Join in on the discussion over the phone. Um, Along the same lines of forgiveness uh, would go uh, this statement that Randy mentions from Matthew 5.44. I say to you, love your enemies, pray for those who persecute you, so that you may be the sons of your Father who is in heaven. I think one of the hardest things Jesus ever said to do is pray for your enemies, pray for those who misuse you. And that would be along the not identical to the statement of forgiveness, but along the same lines of treating our enemies properly. Uh, you know, the 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 way most people deal with in the world is uh, get even, do unto others before they do unto you. You know, uh, be preemptive even in in being aggressive and mean spirited and so forth. Jesus said, no, pray for your enemies. That's a tough saying. Yes, it is. And uh, a lot of times we like to have enemies because when we have enemies, then we can take the gloves off and we can act any way that we want and feel justified in doing so. And Jesus says exactly the opposite of that. And so good comments there from Randy tonight. And I'll add one more uh, that has come in from Jack. Sort of in conjunction with this idea of forgiveness and treating our enemies right, Luke 6.31, treat others the same way you want them to treat you. Uh, the the so-called golden rule, as Jesus stated it in Matthew chapter, um, s- let's see, in, in Matthew chapter seven, verse twelve. Therefore, all things whatsoever you would do that, what, excuse me. Therefore, all all things whatsoever you would that men should do to you, do you even so to them. For this is the law and the prophets. Uh, and we've we've shortened that. We've paraphrased that to say, do unto others as you have others do unto you. The the so-called golden rule. That's not popular in the world. I mean, people would. Give, I think a lot of people would give lip service to that. Putting it into real practice is not popular. It is not. Uh, a lot of people have uh, modified the golden rule and do unto others as they do unto you. That's one way that it has been changed because it is so unpopular the way that Jesus gave it to us. In other words, if you do me bad, I'll do you bad. But if you're nice to me, I guess I can find it in me to be nice to you. And then there's a new one. I don't know if you've heard this yet, Dad, but uh, there's a new rule. Uh, they've modified it yet again, and uh, I believe this has to do with uh, the acceptance of homosexuality and other deviant behaviors. Uh, the the golden rule now is do unto others the way that you would have them do unto you. So, in other words, or the way that they would have you do unto them. So, oh, oh. if they don't want to, if if they don't want you to talk bad about uh, their sinful lifestyle then don't. So if you don't so want... So the way you say that, you say that is the, the modern way is, uh, is do unto others as they want you to do unto exactly. them. Exactly. So if, if it is uncomfortable for you to set, for me to say you're, it's, you're not in a scriptural marriage, uh, it's wrong for you to be homosexual, uh, homosexual, if you don't want me to tell you that, then I shouldn't. Uh, that's the new... 
So that's, that, that proves that, that what Jesus taught and the high standard that he set is not popular and not being lived up to by most people. Exactly right. 877-381-4567. Questions at collegeview.com. Master of None comments again. He says, far too often I am concerned about what I want to do, and I forget I should be more concerned about doing for others. And so that's closely uh, related to what Jesus said there. Uh, that uh, we need to be having others in mind and not our own selfish interests. So we appreciate that comment. And along the lines of some of the earlier comments about be a servant, uh, all, all of those kind of statements to say think about others before you think about yourself, be a servant, be humble, don't exalt yourself, very unpopular things of Jesus. All right, we're up against another break. Uh, Dean in Louisiana uh, on the subject of immodesty and uh, lustful images on television. He says, get rid of the cable. Did it some time ago. No looking back. And appreciate Dean for saying that. And uh, I, I agree. I do, too. Uh, uh, there's just too much bad stuff. Uh, we've got to be realistic about the dangers presented by the media, TV, Internet, all of it, movies. Radio music, the music people listen to. We have got to be realistic about the dangers that it's presenting to us spiritually. So many warnings in the scripture. All those warnings are basically being ignored. They're not popular sayings. We got to be, we got to be uh, submissive to those instructions and very sensitive and perceptive to the dangers. If you won't do it for the immodest or the immorality, do it for the time. Uh, that's another benefit uh, as well that we could talk about some other program. We want to hear from you on the program tonight. What are some unpopular sayings of Jesus? Join let me, in. Let me add one more before we before we take the break, Jacob. This is from Zach in Hampshire, and I think it would go along the lines of what we we're just saying about. Uh, the media and its influence. Luke, Luke six forty five. The good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart, and the evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored in his heart. For out of the overflow of his heart, his mouth speaketh. So, in other words, what comes out of your mouth is an indication of what you let go into your brain, and and so we can tell something about you by what you how you talk and how you act, and and that's being influenced by what you're watching what you're observing and so forth so that's unpopular because a lot of people don't want to believe that they're that transparent and they don't want to believe that it really matters that that god really cares what i do or what i say yeah absolutely so thank you zach Zach. all right appreciate those comments join in on the discussion we'll be back right after this enjoying the virtual bible study email a friend during this break and tell them to join in on the discussion there's more exciting bible study after this commercial this is greg gwynn with this week's bullet point There are many things about God that our finite minds have trouble grasping. Perhaps nothing is more difficult to comprehend than his amazing capacity to forgive. When we wrong him again and again, even repeating the same sins over and over, he patiently and lovingly offers forgiveness. For he is, quote, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance, 2 Peter 3, verse 9. The ultimate sign of this great willingness to pardon us was shown in sending his own son to be the sacrifice for our sins. For us, the challenge is to be like him. We are commanded to be, quote, kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you, Ephesians 4, verse 32. This may, in fact, be one of the most difficult commands for us to obey. The tendency for us when wronged is to strike back, get our revenge. But we are warned, quote, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place unto wrath, for it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord, Romans 12, verse 19. There can be no revenge. But forgiveness is a big step beyond mere forbearance. Can you forgive your neighbor one time, maybe twice, but three strikes and you're out? No. Jesus said, take heed to yourself. 
If your brother trespass against thee, rebuke him, and if he repent, forgive him. And if he trespass against thee seven times in a day, and seven times in a day turn again to thee, saying, I repent, thou shalt forgive him. Luke 17, verses 3 and 4. Even seven times will not be ultimately enough. For Peter said, Lord, how oft shall my brother sin against me, and I forgive him? Till seven times? Jesus said to him, I say not unto thee until seven times, but until seventy times seven. Matthew 18, verses 21 and 22. Can you forgive? Can you pardon again and again, even for the same sin repeated over and over? If not, you have not yet attained unto the divine nature mentioned in Second Peter 1, verse 4. And you are in spiritual danger. That's this week's bullet point. Think about it. Hi, I'm Anthony Petrochko, a member of the College View Church of Christ. Thanks for listening to the virtual Bible study. We want to remind you that our website, www.collegeview.com or www.thevirtualbiblestudy.com, has lots of valuable study tools available for your use. First, you can find archives of all our past programs there. We've covered a wide variety of topics, including doctrinal issues, moral and ethical questions, and many things related to living daily as a Christian. And while we don't have a search engine option on our website, Website, remember that you can hit Control F and type in a keyword. You'll then see that keyword highlighted on the page. For instance, if you hit Control F and typed in the word worship, you'd find these past programs that we've conducted. Does it matter how we worship? What about contemporary worship and hand clapping? Our worship pleasing to God or pleasing to man? And instrumental music in worship? That's just an example, but you get the idea as to how the web page can be used to help in your study of various subjects. Also remember that we have copies of our church bulletin on the website, and these bulletins include articles on hundreds of topics. You'll also find some recorded sermons, some Bible tracts, as well as information about the College View Church. So be sure to check out the valuable resources on our website. Again, the address is collegeview.com or thevirtualbiblestudy.com. And thanks again for listening to the Virtual Bible Study. Be sure to tell others. Missed a recent virtual Bible study program? Listen to any of our past programs from the archive section of our website. Now, back to the Virtual Bible Study. And welcome back into the Virtual Bible Study tonight. We are glad that you are joining us as we talk about difficult sayings of Christ tonight. Lots of comments coming in, and we want to join, uh, add yours to the list. So join in over the phone or over email tonight as we talk about these unpopular sayings of Christ. Uh, there is an unpopular saying uh, of Christ's dad that uh, he expects to be first, even ahead of our friends and our family. Yeah, we got this on a couple lists. Uh, Jonathan uh, mentions it, and Patrick has sent an email mentioning a passage in Matthew 10. Uh, Matthew 10, I'll read it from Patrick's email. Do not think that I have come to bring peace on the earth. I have come to bring not peace but the sword. For I have come to set a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law, and one's enemies will be those of his household. Whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me, and whosoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me, and whoever does not take up his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds his life will lose it, and whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Again, Patrick mentions that verse, and Jonathan does, and I think that's exactly right. Uh, Jonathan goes on and adds, I'm lucky enough never to have been in a situation like this, so I can only use my imagination to try and predict what I would do. I think it is easy to say all day that God is number one on your priority list, then family second. However, what if you are faced with a situation where you must choose between God and family? I suspect this decision would be hard for even a mature Christian. I would like to think I would make the right decision, but now I have a daughter of my own, and it would definitely be the hardest thing I would ever do in my life. A perfect example is Abraham being committed are commanded by God to sacrifice Isaac. And so he admits, even for him, that that would be a difficult saying to accept. So the, the, basically, uh, 
the statement of Jesus that he, that he must be first, that even before family, uh, would be a very unpopular statement. And I, I got to say, Jacob, through the years I've talked to Christians who don't like the implications of that and who do put their family and family considerations before their service to the Lord. So they basically have rejected that statement. Their family comes first. I, I remember once a, a fella that I was trying to encourage, and he had been forsaking the Lord because of a new wife that he had married, didn't like his religious practice. He was an older man. He was a, he was a widower, and he had married a woman, and she, she simply didn't want to tolerate his involvement with the church and, and uh, frequent attendance at worship services and so forth. And so he was yielding to her. And, and he was forsaking the assemblies. And when, when I questioned him about it, he said, I'm not going to do anything to jeopardize my marriage. And so it just in, in actually so many words, he said, my wife comes before the Lord. And, and, that's, and that just emphasizes the unpopularity of this statement of Jesus. No, that, that won't work, Jesus said. i got to be first. Well, he was just bold enough to admit what many people are doing in practice, sadly. Uh, and uh, we need to understand the uh, the importance of what Jesus said there about he has to have preeminence among all of our relationships. Our relationship with him must be uh, first and foremost. All right, a couple of others coming. I see I see a good observation in the chat room, Jacob. I don't know if I can get back to this. Um, the, the point has come up from Master of None mentions Jesus saying that the, the, the way – to heaven is a straight and narrow gate. This comes from Matthew 7, verse 13. Enter ye in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, and many there be which go in thereat, because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way which leadeth to unto life, and few there be that find it. Jesus said, uh, this is not us saying this, this is not just some kind of peculiar interpretation. He very plainly said there that the majority of people are going to be lost and only a minority are going to be saved in heaven. Randy in Jackson, Missouri, references this passage as well, and he also connects it with John chapter 14, verse 6. Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. No one comes to the Father but through me. We live in an ecumenical society where I'm okay, you're okay. You can deny Christ if you want. You can be a Muslim, you can be a Hindu, you can be whatever you want. And if you find some type of spirituality through that, then that's okay. And we should hold hands and we should all get along. And you see the bumper sticker even, Dad, with all the different religious symbols. And it says coexist, that we all need to get along. We all need to be uh, together and we need to accept our differences and even embrace them. But uh, the scriptures teach exactly the opposite of that. And that's a very unpopular saying. In I'm going to put down two. I'm trying to keep a list going here. And by the way, we've got eight things with 20 minutes left, so we may run over 10. But uh, I want to put down two things there. One is the majority will be lost because most people, all surveys that you ever hear reference to, most all surveys indicate that well over 90% of people polled believe that they're going to heaven. Almost everybody thinks they're going to heaven. Maybe only the very, very most horrible sinners who just do hideous things might go to hell, but, you know, murderers and rapists might go to hell, but almost everybody else is going to heaven. Jesus said in Matthew seven thirteen and 14 that the majority will be lost. Only a minority will find the straight and narrow way that leads to life eternal. So that's one. And then also this idea that we've got to believe in Jesus. <clears throat> Jesus, the, the statement there that you read, Jacob, in John fourteen six, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh to the Father but by me is just absolutely too plain to miss it. 
You, the only way, no man comes to the Father but by me. Nobody can approach God uh, except through Jesus Christ. That automatically excludes the Muslims. It automatically excludes the Hindus, the Buddhists. It excludes the Jews because they don't believe that Jesus is the Son of God either. Right there you knock out a big majority of the world's population because they don't believe in Jesus. Jesus said the only way to come to the Father is through him. In John 8, verse 24, I said, therefore, unto you that ye shall die in your sins. For if you believe not that I am he, ye shall die in your sins. If we believe in Jesus, we have got to believe that he is the only way to approach the Father in heaven. But as you said, a lot of people who call themselves Christians are not not accepting Even that. those who put themselves in prominent positions of religious leadership, you know, after 9-11 and, uh, and uh, the backlash against Islam, uh, Christian leaders were coming out and saying it's okay to be uh, Islamic and uh, to be Muslim. It's okay if, that, if that's what you want. That's fine. People who believe to be follow or who claim to be following Christ and believing what He said are saying exactly the opposite of what He said. Uh, Dean in the chat room has an interesting comment. He says he did a booth at a fair uh, for the church down in Louisiana a few weeks ago and had to deal with the idea of I'm okay, you're okay over and over. He says, the gentleman from the Presbyterian Church next to me said, we work for the same boss, just different divisions. My understanding of the scriptures is that there should be no divisions, Dean says. And so, uh, good comments. Um, Again, it's very popular to be ecumenical in your thinking. The scriptures don't support that at all. You know, just just a very few years ago, the Pope made a stir when he implied that the Jews couldn't be saved as long as they continue to deny Jesus as the Son of God. And he had to backtrack on that. It caused such a political fervor that he had to backtrack from his, what I thought was an accurate and true statement. The Jews can't be saved while they deny the, the reality of Jesus as the Son of God. That's just too plain. We talked about Catholicism on the program last week, but uh, there's another example. Uh, the, the leader of the Catholic Church is waffling on the very clear statement that Jesus said, you can only come to the Father except uh, only by Him. And so uh, we need to understand that it is unpopular, but we have to accept it. All right. Um, we've got several more comments coming in here. Um, one that, that uh, Patrick mentioned in his uh, email is, oh, he mentions the one on divorce and remarriage. We've already commented on that. He, he mentions Luke sixteen eighteen, which ties in uh, Matthew nineteen nine, Mark 10, 11, and 12. We commented on that at the earlier in the program so i want to skip that he mentions john 6 verses 54 through 56 uh he says this is very controversial um i i, I would and and remembering of course patrick is is a catholic and he may that may uh, perhaps color his opinion on this he says john 6 54 whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life and i will raise him on the last day for my flesh is true food and my blood is true drink whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me and i in him the whole, the whole of John chapter 6 is about one topic. Jesus is the bread of life, literally. This is the single most controversial teaching in all of Scripture, and it is the only place I know of in Scripture where it says, where it says this, John 6, verse 66. As a result of this, many of his disciples returned to their former way of life and no longer accompanied him. So it, I would agree with Patrick. It was unpopular, and many stopped following him because of that statement. I'm just, I'm a little, I'm, I'm wondering if Patrick is implying the uh, 
the idea of transubstantiation that the Catholic Church teaches, that when we observe the Lord's Supper, the bread literally becomes the flesh and the fruit of the vine literally becomes his blood. I don't believe in the in the Catholic doctrine of transubstantiation, but I do believe that, that we have to participate in that. We have to be in a relationship with God that gives us the privilege of observing that uh, that memorial feast. I would ask Patrick and other Catholics, uh, this says that uh, we have, it says whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life and I will raise him in the last day. Uh, majority of Catholics don't drink uh, in, in their observance of the communion. They only eat the bread. This verse says you have to do both. That'd be an interesting question to investigate with a Catholic to see how they can justify doing one but not the other. Okay, excellent uh, observation there. Appreciate uh, all, the, all the comments so far. And we are up against one more break, and then we go to the top of the hour. Plenty of time to take your comments. We're going over ten, though. We've, how many have you got now? I've got uh, nine now. Okay, we're going to be over ten, so get in now. Uh, and uh, maybe yours can be the tenth. Eight seven seven three eight one four five six seven. Questions at collegeview.com. Don't go anywhere. The virtual Bible study continues right after this. Did you hear what they just said? Call in during this break and let everyone know what you think. The virtual Bible study continues after this announcement. I'm Greg Gwynn, a host of the Virtual Bible Study. Thanks for joining us for tonight's program. The Virtual Bible Study is presented weekly by the College View Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. Each week on the Virtual Bible Study, we simply engage in a study of God's Word in an effort to better understand it, better understand how God views us, and better understand what He wants from us in our lives. We're not studying any creeds. We're not studying any books written by men. We're just studying the Bible. And we're trying to study the Bible alone without any of our opinions or wisdom mixed in. We're only interested in what our Creator has revealed to us us in his word. We realize that we're fallible and cannot direct our own steps. As a result, what we think or feel doesn't really matter. All that matters is what God has said. So that's what the virtual Bible study is all about. It's pretty simple, isn't it? Thanks again for joining us tonight, and we will hope you'll make plans to join us every Thursday night for the virtual Bible study. Hi, I'm Jack Coleman, a member of the College View Church of Christ, with a suggestion for you and your family. Why not turn off the TV on Thursday nights and gather the family around the computer for an hour of in-depth Bible study? The virtual Bible study always involves subjects of importance and interest to serious Bible students. So, why not join this Internet Bible study group every Thursday night? And whatsoever ye do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by Him. Colossians 3:17. Now, back to the program. Welcome back into the virtual Bible study. We want to remind you this program is brought to you by the College View Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. Find out more about the College View Church of Christ by visiting collegeview.com or thevirtualbiblestudy.com. And if you have any questions about the things you hear on the Virtual Bible Study at any time, contact us via email or over the phone. We'd love to hear from you anytime if you have any Bible question or comment about something you've heard on the Virtual Bible Study in the past. We're talking about unpopular sayings of Christ on the program tonight, and we have just barely gotten started, it seems. We have plenty to talk about still. Uh, Jacob, we we failed to mention that David in uh, Somerset, Kentucky, had added that uh, when we were talking about... Jesus said he was the only way to the Father, and that we must believe in him as the Son of God to be saved. Uh, it, uh, David in Somerset, Kentucky, had mentioned that John's gospel from its earliest chapters notes that his very basic claim as Messiah and deity caused people to want to kill him. That's certainly showing how unpopular that saying was. Uh, okay. So we, uh, he was on, on board with that. And then he made another comment, John 3 with Nicodemus, what Jesus stated as was required to enter the kingdom of God made him unpopular to a degree. 
at least with Nicodemus. Jesus said that Nicodemus refused to believe him, though he didn't deny the great signs. Well, uh, that would introduce what I would agree with David to be another very unpopular statement of Jesus. That has to do with the need for baptism. In John chapter 3, verse 5, Verily, verily, I say to thee, except a man be born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. I believe that Jesus there was teaching the need for baptism to enter the kingdom. That's a very unpopular doctrine in the world today. Absolutely, and it is uh, popular. I mean, a doctrine that many have twisted and perverted and uh, tried to avoid, but uh, it is very clear what Jesus has taught there. Uh, we could multiply the verses that, and we've talked about baptisms a number of times on the on the uh, virtual Bible study. So, but all you have to do is mention Mark sixteen verse sixteen, and uh, people begin to run and or Acts two thirty eight. You know, in fact. Uh, you get the impression that uh, a lot of people think Acts two thirty eight is just the Church of Christ's verse. That's the only verse that we that we know or believe in the Bible, which is uh, is not true. But it is a powerful verse. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. That's very plain, but unpopular. A lot of people want to deny the necessity of baptism. So I want to add that to our list. Baptism, the teaching of the scriptures on baptism is really unpopular. Right. We'd have to use Mark sixteen sixteen because that was Jesus' own. Well, all of, the, all of the New Testament is Jesus' teaching, but uh, his, he said it directly himself in Mark 16, verse 16. Dad even at uh, one time uh, did a radio program in which we asked listeners about Mark 16, verse 16, and said, what would Jesus have to say to convince you that you had to be baptized for the remission of your sins. If Mark 16, verse 16 doesn't cut it, what would he have to say? How could he say it any different? Yeah. And uh, no one had an answer, obviously. I remember one time studying with a couple young men, and on that verse they said, well, that's what it says, but that's not what it means. Okay, there it's unpopular. <laughs> all right. Well, we got an, another email from Jack. Uh, so many people think that we're all on the same road to Jesus. We're just taking different paths. We are all okay, or this idea is also understood through the saying, I'm okay, you're okay. This is so far from the truth. It's unpopular to think that some are going to hell, even though they may be good people. They may do nice things for others. They may share their share of their time. But Jesus said, Matthew seven twenty one through 23, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Uh, many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name cast out de- demons and in your name perform many miracles? And then will I declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Matthew seven twenty one through 23, tying in with the point we were making earlier that it's uh, an unpopular idea from Jesus that many will be lost because most people think. Basically, everybody is going to be saved. All right. 877-381-4567. Questions at collegeview.com. Uh, Dean says, after looking at First Peter 3.21 the other day, an individual that uh, with an individual, they basically told me the same thing. That's what it says, but baptism doesn't save was their attitude. So, again, people who are resisting the clear teachings of the Scriptures. All right. Um, we're, still, we're still open to – we've got actually – I've got nine things on there now, Jake, if I'd miscounted before. We need one more to, to make the top ten. If we're going to build our list, the top ten most unpopular sayings of Jesus. Um, and we've got, we can make it ten with our list, but if you want yours to be number ten, hurry up and send it in. Yeah, I'm looking at the, the list I had put together. Uh, I, I'm going to, I'm going to throw one out there and, and, and I'll let it get bumped from the top ten list if somebody comes in with another good one. Let's, let's go with this one. Um, where Jesus said, 
that you have to bear your cross. Luke fourteen twenty seven. Whosoever doth not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. Uh, cross bearing. The idea of of you have to you have to put forth effort. You have to sacrifice. You have to be willing to give of yourself in order to receive salvation. Because a lot of people are approaching religion these days with the attitude, sort of, what's in it for me? You know. Uh, in fact, I, I have even talked to people and received phone calls uh, uh, at the church office where people basically asking, "What kind of programs you got? What kind of things can you can you offer?" Uh, it's, it's which is exactly the opposite mentality that Jesus says we're supposed to come with. We're supposed to come with the attitude. How can I serve? What can I do? What what can what can I uh, you know contribute? Instead, most people are approaching their religion as what's in it for me. What can you do to serve me? Absolutely, bearing a cross is not a pleasant thing. It is a, a mode of sacrifice. Just as Jesus was sacrificed on the cross, it represents our self-sacrifice to serve Him, and that uh, in and of itself, by definition, is not something that's going to be popular in the world especially in the world we live in today. Um, I would add to that Mark, or excuse me, Romans 12, verse 1. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. So we're supposed to live a life of sacrifice and in these days, uh, in, in this self-centered world that we live in. A lot of people don't want to do that. Got a comment in the... Uh, in the chat room from uh, Jared, he, he says, what's your advice when you get to that point with an individual where they won't accept the clear teaching of a verse like 1 Peter 3.21? Now, that's about baptism, obviously. But I would broaden Jared's question to this whole list of things that we are, have been talking about. Um, what do we do when, we, when we, we bring these verses, the kind of verses we've been talking about tonight, unpopular things in the scriptures, and people just want to reject them? Uh, how, how should we handle that? Uh, it's, I think it's a, maybe a good way to wrap up our discussion, Jacob. How do we deal with it when people don't want to accept the implications of a very clear passage of scripture? Well, the first thing we need to remember is we don't, should not take it personally. If they reject the, the teachings of scripture, they're not rejecting us. They're rejecting Christ. And so we're just trying to convince them of what the truth teaches, and let's not take it personally if uh, if they end up rejecting what the scriptures teach. Well, teaching. that's what Paul said uh, in First Thessalonians four verse eight: "He that despiseth despiseth not man, but God." And so, you know, Paul, when people rejected Paul's message, as you said, he didn't take it personally. He said they're just re- they're rejecting God when they reject this plain message from God. So that's a good point. Um, Master of None in the chat room says, go to other verses. If you deny this verse, take them to another verse. Because a lot of the kind of things that we've been talking about tonight are things that are taught over and over again in the Scriptures. It's not the idea of it's just one vague statement. All of the things that we've been talking about uh, in, in our study tonight are are taught repeatedly throughout the Scriptures. So if one verse doesn't get the job done, try taking them to another. Now, I think I would add to to what Master of None says that Sometimes, no matter how many verses we pile up, people are still going to reject it because they just don't love the truth. And that would bring us to Matthew chapter 7, verse 6, where Jesus said, Give not that which is holy unto the dogs, neither cast ye your pearls before swine, lest they trample them under their feet and turn again and rend you. There's a point that comes where people aren't going to listen. And uh, at that point, we're free to stop talking. Uh, yeah, if they're not that's a to- hard call to make. And, um, uh 
you know, when does it become, you know, Jesus, when he sent his disciples out in the limited commission, told them that, you know, if, if their message wasn't received, if they weren't received, that they should shake the dust off their feet uh, and, and, and go to another city. Uh, how, how, let's see, in Matthew chapter 10, um, verse 14, whosoever shall not receive you nor hear your words when you depart out of that house or city, shake off the dust of your feet. Verily I say to you, it shall be more tolerable for the land of Sodom and Gomorrah in the day of judgment for that, than for that city. So Jesus definitely said you reach a point where you're trying to, trying to teach someone and they just keep rejecting the truth of God. It reaches a point where you, you say, that's enough. I'll go elsewhere. I'll go teach, I'll go try to teach someone else. But I, I think that that's a particularly hard, uh, decision to make as to when you reach that point all right uh we've been uh, talking about other people tonight dad on the program but we ought to we ought to as we talk about uh people who won't accept the truth on certain subjects we ought to talk about ourselves you know these are difficult sayings for people generally to accept and that includes me and it includes you so how do we make sure that we personally are accepting these difficult sayings? Because we talked about the fact a lot of people will make excuses. It's too hard to understand or it doesn't apply today or uh, we just don't like that. We personally got to make sure that we're not making that same excuse as well. Well, I got a, I got a top ten list, Jacob. We're just right up to the end of the program. Let, let me review our top ten list of the things we put together in our study tonight. I think they're all worthy things to be on the top ten list of unpopular teachings of Jesus. Number And this is not in... There's, this is um, not in order of priority. Of unpopularity? No, 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 some of these, if I was going to probably this, well, no, I'm not even going to try to do that. I won't even go there. I don't know how we would put these in rank uh, 1 to 10, but here's the ones on the list at least. Humility, that is being a servant, that's unpopular. Number two, marriage, divorce, and remarriage teaching of the Scripture. Very unpopular. Most people ignore it. Number three, lusting in our hearts and the influences of the media, uh, very unpopular. Most people don't just ignore it. The teaching of the scripture on modest dress is unpopular. The teaching that demands that we forgive when we've been wronged and we pray for our enemies, that's not easy, not popular. The teaching of Jesus, we must that he must be first in our life, even more important than our families, not popular. The teaching of Jesus that the majority will be lost. The teaching of Jesus that you must believe in him, that you can't come to the Father unless you believe in him. The teaching of the scripture on the necessity of baptism for the remission of sins. And finally, the teaching of scripture that we must be willing to sacrifice self. In other words, it's not all about me. It's about serving the Lord. It's, it's, a, it's a sacrifice. All right. And let's make sure that we accept those difficult teachings in our life. We do appreciate you for your input tonight on the program. What are we going to talk about next week, Dad? I'm not sure. We're always open to suggestions, and if any of our listeners have a suggestion that they think would make a good study for the virtual Bible study, by all means, we our, our email is always open. Send it in 24-7 if you get an idea or have a question or something you think would make a good study for a program. We're always looking for those kind of suggestions. Send us an email, questions at collegeview.com. All right. We appreciate your time tonight. We hope you benefited from the things we have to say on the program tonight. Thank you for your time tonight, Dad. Thank you, Jacob. All right. We hope you'll make plans to be back here next week for another edition of the Virtual Bible Study. And in the meantime, we encourage you to put God first in your life, study His inspired word of the Bible, and live by it every day. You'll never regret it. 
Thanks for listening to the Virtual Bible Study, brought to you by the College View Church of Christ. The College View Church of Christ meets at 1618 Hampshire Pike in Columbia, Tennessee. If you are in the Columbia, Tennessee area, we encourage you to worship with the College View Church of Christ on Sunday mornings at 9.30 and on Sunday evenings at 6 o'clock. The College View Church of Christ also welcomes you to attend their Wednesday night Bible studies at 7 o'clock. If you have any questions about something that was said on tonight's broadcast or would like more information about the College View Church of Christ, please call 931-381-4567. That number again, 931-381-4567. Or for more information on the internet, visit collegeview.com. Be sure to tune into the virtual Bible study this time next Thursday for another informative study of God's Word.